Hey everyone, Quincy here. Wanted to say thank you for catching this replay of the hashtag Ask a Soccer Pro show on your audio platform of choice. You can re-listen to this episode and all our other interviews, episodes, and audio shows over at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also learn more and enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash PSTM. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash PSTM to enter to win for free today. Thanks again and enjoy today's episode. We're all here to ride the MSL wave of the mental strength league. I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Hashtag Ask a Soccer Pro Show. Yo, what's up, brother? Yes, yes, yes. What's up, Quince? How you doing, man? Good, man. You? Good. Keeping myself occupied as always. You know what it is. Hey, you're, you're just a hustler. What's uh? Hold on. Let me turn some lights. I'm kind of dark, huh? I'm naturally dark, but this is dark. You're good, bro. Are you sure? Yeah, whatever you need, bro. It's up to you. And just so you're aware, we're live. Right now? Yeah. People are already drop, jumping in. So let me see. So let me. No, this is good, man. Um, let me set it all up and everything because I know everybody's joining in over here. So let me let them know. But how's, how's life been, man? Man, just blessed, bro. Just yeah. every every corner, there's a new adventure, man, and just problem solving every day, learning about myself every day. I mean, and no one comes out alive, man. So ever, <laughs> ever, ever, no one makes it out alive. <laughs> sooner, the sooner you can accept that. Like uh, the longer you can. The longer you can stay alive for, but you're you're not gonna you're not gonna live forever. You just you can live a little bit longer than the next guy, and you you did something. I'm I'm saying I'm saying, I again I don't know I last yeah the last few years has has really like changed my my mindset on on life and everything. There's like this real desire to live long, to save a lot, always like thinking about the future, right? And it's like man, what about now? Like, this is what we, this is all we got now. No guarantees anymore. Cool. Okay. I like that. Okay. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time today, bro. Cause I, I, even when I was thinking about it, I was like, you know what? Even with where I sit now and reflecting back on who you were then, who you were to me then, who I was then, who I was to others. And then, better understanding why I was taken certain ways and just, you know, just getting older, wiser. Right. Uh-huh. I love how you already said, like my mindset has shifted and changed. So I want to, I want to like set context for like where you were and how you're thinking about it. And then also the experience of, you know, being a coach, I'm sure you're in a new position and language you use is not received the same way as when you're, when you're a player. Right. Correct. Correct. All right. No, I love that. So let me, um, let me welcome everybody who's joining in. So people are trickling in. Uh, we're over on live on Instagram as well, too. Uh, typically, that's where we do do the show. But talking about growth mindset and adapting, right? You 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 brought us into the Zoom world, bro. Uh-oh. So I want to thank you for that because that's uh-huh. new. Yeah, that's growth, bro. You forced us to, like, adapt. And uh, that's what we talk a lot about here on the show. 
the three S's of self-awareness, right? Self-honesty, self-initiative, self-accountability. Um, I'm sure we'll touch on a lot of that here today, but let me, let me welcome everybody to the show and go through uh, all of that. So, hey, everybody over on Instagram, if you want to join in on the live, head to perfectsoccerskills.com slash Zoom. Uh, join in and you'll see Pablo's beautiful face over here. I'm getting to look at it. Uh, Older face. Oh, I love it, bro. It's younger. No, it's younger. Much younger and, and wiser. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's, so let's kick it off. So what's going on, everyone? Again, welcome to another episode of the Hashtag Ask a Soccer Pro Show, episode 112. I'm your host, 12-year pro, MLS Cup champion, MLS Comeback Player of the Year, UC Davis Hall of Fame member, Black Players for Change founder and MSL coach, Quincy Ameriqua. What is the MSL? You may be asking yourself. You guys know what it is out here. It's what we discuss and break down every Thursday, 6 p.m. PST, 9 p.m. EST, live on typically the Perfect Soccer Instagram account. But now we're over here on Zoom. Um, it is the Mental Strength League. I'm in your head. And those of you who are joining in over on Instagram, please drop them. I'm in your head emojis. So everyone who is just tuning into this hashtag frequency, it is a game of mental 4D chess, one where you are either an active participant or you are a pawn in the game steady getting played. The MSL is the mindset you need to accomplish your goals so you can learn how to learn and know when and how you're stopping yourself from achieving your goals and what to do about it. And this mindset starts the moment you decide to take responsibility for where you are, even if where you are isn't your fault and put forth the plan to learn what you need to to continue forward. So if you guys are ready for today's episode, I'm going to need you to spam that heart button over here on Instagram and drop some Jesus hands or something like that over here on um, on Zoom. Um, and you guys know what it is. Drop any questions you guys have. We'll be going on a journey, I'm sure, with Pablo here that I'm, I'm excited to jump into and uh, really get, get into it. For those of you who don't know, Pablo is currently the assistant coach for Houston Dynamo right? Uh, spent a little bit of time as the head coach of Colorado Rapids, was, was the captain of the MLS Cup championship winning team of Colorado Rapids back in 2010, right? And uh, even what I, what I realized as well too, Pablo, in like preparing for the call, uh, this was the first time I ever Googled your name and then went and looked up kind of like your history. And I learned a little bit more about kind of your past and just your soccer journey. You've had, you have a, a wealth of experience. You've been at very many at different levels at different angles. Um, how would you maybe kind of introduce yourself? How would you speak to how you would like to be introduced to individuals? How, how do you like to, to go about that? Um, you know, I think titles a lot of times uh, sets people up for, uh, for, well, actually yourself up for a lot of failures. You know, I think, for me, uh, you know, it's really important to get to know people on a, on a human level. Um, and, and I think that's, that's, that's the place where I feel most comfortable. I think titles are, are just moments along our path, wearing different outfits and costumes um, where we've happened to excel. But uh, I think the real essence of our being is, is, is the person that doesn't know who you are doesn't have anything to, to any, any biases and through time and through relationship get to understand who the person is. Um, and, and I think that's how I'd like to be known as is, uh, is a guy that, uh, is, is, is no different than any other person. Um, um, but that happened to have a little bit of success in a certain field, like, a, like millions and millions of people that might go 
under-recognized because their profession isn't in the limelight. Um, but uh, I think we're all in the same boat and there's uh, so much to learn from each person you cross. And um, I think I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a life learner and uh, a curious individual. And, uh, and I guess that's the way I'd like to describe myself. Love that, man. I love that. We're going to have a real, real good time because you speak, you're speaking the MSL language here. So the mental strength league, right? Like philosophy, but real world application as well too, right? Like I love everything that you're saying because it's, we're talking about the human level, but then also when you're playing professional sports, you've got to tap into the superhuman level as well too, right? So it's like wearing those different hats and the way that we're able to maybe communicate that to each other in a quick manner is through the titles we may hold at any particular mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, I'm, I feel like I resonate very similarly to you in the sense that titles, it's like an idea. It's an abstract thing. We put so much value into it. And I understand that, that side of it, but I guess through my experience on like the business operation side, it's also understanding the, the value that titles can bring in terms of how people people are heard or not heard when they're brought into an environment, right? Like, and um, yeah, wanting to kind of speak, because we could go real deep and far with this, right? Because I know you're, you're a big thinker, you're a visionary, right? Up in the clouds. And I, that's how I speak. And that resonated with me. And I understood you like I didn't like when I'm thinking about back in, so I'm taking it back, right? Back to 2010 when I meet you and I'm hearing you talk in the locker room to me, you're speaking my language. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't get why everyone doesn't get what you're talking about. So I'm sitting here like, Pablo, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to, I'm just going to work really hard. And like I don't know why everyone gets mad at me about stuff, but I've learned, right? It took me a long, a long time to learn and figure that out. But the game is survival, right? Like fig- you're trying to figure out your opponent and you're trying to, you always get killed, but you try to rebuild and you're always coming back. And I, uh, I think your mentality was one that was perfect for that environment and how you were communicating was speaking to what it takes, what it takes and what it would, what it, what's required to tap into that super you know, that superhuman level that's necessary on game day. Mm-hmm. So it's also interesting for me to hear you speak to, you know, your mindset has changed because you're obviously sitting in a different position in the coaching, in the coaching world. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe let's, let, let's set context for the audience in terms of like, let's talk about that experience, 2010, like what your mentality, where you're at, right. And how you're thinking and approaching it. And then maybe we could also then jump into how you, how you maybe use that to your advantage where you sit now, but that it's been a strength and a weakness for you and kind of then play within that realm. Yeah, I would say, you know, I think my mindset as a player um, back in those days, 2010 in particular, um, was really about improving, improving my own game. You know, I think a lot of times in whatever field that we're in, we're so worried about the factors that we have no control over and those constantly build up a lot of stress and anxiety in our lives. And the, I think the more narrow our focus is, um, there's less distractions and therefore we can put more of our energy in what we're trying to achieve, which is become better players. And so, you know, and I remember having these conversations with uh, you and Ross and, 
and talking about, you know, you weren't getting a lot of playing time at the, at, at the time you were a young player. Um, Justin just came over from San Jose um, trying to find your way into the team. And um, but you were one of the hardest workers. You 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 you're causing fits for every defender for, you know, that was starting your scoring goals and training. And, and it was constantly like. It's hard to see past why you're not in the 11 or for other players, why they weren't in the 18. Um, but I think when you talk about mindset, it's, it's your ability to really roll up your sleeves and focus on what you need to do to continue finding ways to improve in all kinds of different ways um, to have a career that you had. Right. And so I think those, those moments that are tough for all of us and that year in 2010, uh, the, that year was the last, or that year was the last year I played a qualifier, or maybe it was 2009 for the U S national team. Mm -hmm. and, and I knew I wasn't going to play again. And I was like, how do I now reinvent myself to come back to Colorado and know that I'm not going to be on the national team and do something and like continue to get better and not use it as a, as a way to like, you know, bitch and moan about why things aren't going well for me, you know, but doubling down on the things I can control the controllables, right. Working hard every day, looking at myself objectively and thinking about um, these are the areas of weakness that I need to continue to think about, but how do I get better at the things I'm already good at as well? Um, and so I think that mindset, regardless of a player to a coach, um, I think for me has been really, really important to continue to get better as a coach now, right? Because I think now I'm on a whole different journey, but I start all the way at the bottom and I have to now work my way all the way. So I think that's really important. And then that transition from a, a player to coach um, and, and how, which was interesting for me was the, those same kind of conversations that we'd have in the locker room or the same type of like moments where I'd be like, Hey, you know, pick it up a notch. It's got to get better. And I'd say it with a tone from peer to peer, from teammate to teammate, everyone received that. Like, well, he's one of the older guys on the team. He's, he's one of the leaders of the team. I, I, I get it. But now when I went from playing to coaching, now I didn't realize the context that I was, I didn't, I didn't realize the power, the title that I was holding. Cause to me, I didn't see titles. I just felt like I was one of the guys as well, but the players looked at me and like, you're the coach. You, you decide whether I get a contract next year, you decide if I'm going to play at the weekend. And, and here I am engaging in the same kind of way, which wasn't, which wasn't fair to the players. And so now you start having to think about yourself and be more aware and conscious of the things you're saying and how you're saying them and how they're going to receive it. You know, is what's my, what's my intention in the, my delivery and what do I want them to get out of this? And so now you're constantly having to really tap into, you know, the way you deliver the message. Um, and so that's been a, a, you know, a real learning curve. And, you know, after, after you get fired, you learn real quickly about how you got to adapt and, and change things, you know? So if you want to grow, if you want to, if you want to stay where you are, you keep doing the same things and you keep getting the same results. But, uh, you know, it's been a, it's been a, a great journey. And this is, I, I think my fourth or fifth year now coaching, um, and, and, and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. I love that, man. Um, uh, so what we talked a lot here on the show, so a little background on the show. I'm not sure how much you, you know about what we've been doing, but I think the show is almost a little over two, two and a half years old now. Um, whew, uh, we've had a lot of guests, a lot of individuals who've come on board. We break down the mentality. We talk about like patterns of success. One of the things we say here, you know, a lot, and John says it over here in the comments that I'm looking at the side is a uh, adapt or die, right? Um, when, uh, when you're speaking to that, in terms of if you want to stay where you're at, okay, keep doing what you're doing. It'll last for as long as it lasts. And then you can, you can be the person who's talking about, you know, if it wasn't for this and politics and that person and this person, I would have X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. Um, uh, control the controllables, I think is great. 
uh, I'd, I'd want to dive into that a little bit in terms of and, and relate it to what I learned in looking um, at some of the background on Wiki, on Wikipedia. And, that, and it makes sense to me in terms of you've got to make mistakes to learn. We talk about here, make mistakes. Mistakes are good. Mistakes are part of the process. They're, they're not good to keep making, but they're good to make so you can recognize them and grow and learn. And I'm hearing um, you express the mistakes you realize you were making in the delivery of your messages once your title changed relative to them, right? And I'm looking and Colorado did not have a very great record the first year that you were, uh, you were a coach of the organization, right? Mm -hmm. now, now, that experience is a terrible experience in terms of like not doing well, going on a really bad losing streak and things are like, I've been a part of locker rooms like that, right? It's not, it's not fun. Um, but your mentality and how you're approaching it in terms of what you can learn from that over time ends up becoming a very massive uh, asset and advantage to you years down the line, right? So could you maybe speak a little bit to that about how you value the, that difficult time um, where you sit now? Like, are you grateful for that time? Was that time necessary? Can you be great without times like that? Um, kind of speaking to that. Yeah, no, I think I, you know, I, I used to say something to the players is, and it was so interesting to, to this point exactly. We go, and it was that year, it was 2014, my first year coaching, had no coaching experience, really fortunate to get the opportunity, really thankful for the Rapids organization to give me this opportunity. Um, and now we've lost like, I don't know, six in a row. And, and I have to stand in front of everybody and, and, and I, and he, my problem is I'm an eternal optimist. I know things are going to go great. I just don't know when it's going to happen, but I know I'm on the right path. I always do. I'm like, I know I'm on the right path. It's, it might just take a little longer, but I know I'm going to get there. And I would say to the guys, I, I'll never forget. We came in more and we must've lost six in a row. And I said, how many of you in here think that going through difficult times strengthens you? Like if you overcome those difficult times, how empower who here feels like it empowers you and everyone raises their hands. And I was like, right. So do I. And I said, how many of you guys go to bed every night praying for difficult times? Right. It's a weird concept. It's a paradox, right? Like nobody wants them, but everyone knows they grow from them. So what is this? Like, what is this? This is craziness, you know? Um, and you know, if, if I already had the experience, I wouldn't have made the mistakes I made. And it's that simple. It's, it's very, I think it's very basic. Like, and that's why experienced players cost more than inexperienced players. Cause you know what you're going to get. They're more reliable. They've already made those mistakes. They've hopefully already learned from the mistakes. Instead of making 10 a game, they make one or two and they're predictable. Right. And so I think going, you know, my, my experience as, as a head coach was, was unbelievable in that, there wasn't one year where I was scratching my head going, I don't know how much of this hardship I can endure. Like there's a, there is a breaking point. There is a point where I've, I mean, I remember calling the GM and saying, Hey man, listen, if, if you want to move in a different direction, but just let me know, like I, I'm getting battered over here, you know? And he's like, no, no, we believe in you. You're a great coach. We just got to get you the right players. And I was like, ah, maybe that's the case. And he gave me the right players. But I'm saying, you know, listen, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting eaten alive here, man. So um, but I was grateful to kind of get through that. And then we got to 2016 and then we had a great, great year. Um, 
and 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 I learned so much that I changed the way I coached. I changed the way I created the culture in the locker room. I changed the way um, coaching was no longer about me. Um, it was about serving um, and providing an environment for these players to to be the best that they can be. And 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 when I, that, when that mindset sh- shifted, when the culture shifted, when my experience my experiences came through for, to fruition, that's when I felt like those prior two seasons were worth it. Now going through it was miserable, but they were definitely worth it in 2016. (laughs) Okay. I love that. I love that on so many different levels. And I I think one thing that's interesting though, too, is once you tap in and figure something out and you get that dialed in, that's when the mistakes from maybe two years or three years ago come and slap you in the face. And now you're no longer with the team anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. is that, an unpredictable sequence of events to you at that point in time? Or is that like, like how, how do you, how do you speak through that and rationalize that, right? Being the eternal optimist, making it click, making that culture shift, making it there. And now all of a sudden, okay, you're, you're gone. You, now you're gone. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, I think I, I, I guess and I don't want to use the word success because I, I think it's, I, I don't know how to define that, but careers are never, there's, they're never linear. They're never in a straight up. They're up and down and then they're up a little bit higher and then they're down even lower and then they're up and then they swirl around. And, and you know what I'm saying? And so I think um, just because you made this better in 2016, 2017, now we have a bunch of different players. Now we have a bunch of different things. And in pro sports, as you well know, Quincy, when, when you get that buzz and that feeling in the locker room, you only feel that so many times in a career where you like, we got this. And you're like, you're like, when it, we're like in that 2016, we won like, I don't know, 14 games, like one zero. And people kept saying, this is a statistical anomaly. It shouldn't happen. And we keep winning one zero. We keep winning. And I'm like, there's a human element to this thing that's unexplainable. Right. Um, and just because I got better as a coach doesn't mean you're going to win the next year. I mean, there's a lot of, brilliant coaches. I mean, take Mourinho, um, who's had struggles, you know, in the last few years of, of, of finding his way. And he's one of the most decorated coaches in the world. So just because you're at the top of your game doesn't mean you're not going to have setbacks because I think anytime you add new players, new, new, uh, upper management, and then all the changes that go on with your opponents, it's a never ending flux of just like, unknown right and so all you can say is like okay this year i got fired so like how much responsibility do you want to do i want to take for my firing and when i got fired it was probably i took like 50 percent. and after about six months i took 100 percent. and when i took 100 percent responsibility for my firing i then began to be able to look at it objectively and say these are the things that i need to continue to get better at um and i wasn't going to give any power to the, to the guys that fired me i was gonna i was gonna take it all myself and own it and go forward. <laughs> hey, I, okay, I love that because uh, that's making me. I forget. I'll, I'll end up doing research on here, but that goes back to what I was. Uh, I think I just shared this over on Twitter the other day, two days ago, from a previous episode. I want to say it was episode forty-nine of the show, right? It was basically saying, "Listen, even if ninety-nine point nine percent of the issue and problem was their fault." find the 0.01% that's yours and own that and own that and just get so 
focused on that, improve that so that it can never be that 0.01 again. Mm-hmm. And then after you solve that, you'll probably be able to step back and go like, you know what? 2%, maybe 2% was actually my fault. And then focus on that 2%. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're at 10%. And I love how you're saying 50%. And that's an MSL mindset. That's a mentality. 50% is my, okay, 100% is my fault. Right. Yeah. Then it's in your control. And then, then you can actually put in place a plan that can help you navigate this never ending cycle of ups and downs, ebb and flow right. and multiple layers of it. Um, I, I pointed to that at the beginning. We, we talk about the MSLs and mindset to, to survive uncertainty, the unknown and a game of 40 chess that's happening around you, whether you're active participant or una- uh, inactive, doesn't matter. There's a new person who's getting into a position in the organization who can literally make the decision to fire you six or seven months from now. And you don't even know that they're here yet. And there's an opponent on the field who's been studying how you work and how you build your stuff for the last two or three months to come and beat you today. Mm-hmm. Actively playing against both guys at the same time. And if you ever forget that one of them will beat you at some point in time in the year. Right. And, uh, I like that. Yeah. Even to your point of saying the position that you're in at, from the coaching perspective, you have a a different value and understanding of language and when you use words and how you use them and how they're received, uh, in relation to what the outcome you want is when I'm hearing you speak as a player, and I talk about this on the show, hey, as a player, you got to be selfish, right? Like that's ambition, that's ego. You lean into that. That's what sets you apart, right? Right. Um, but team and building team requires when you set the ego aside, building culture is when you're setting that ego aside. And it sounds like that's the process that you were working through those first two years um, in coaching, right? Like when it's not about me, what does that mean? Right. And who am I if that's not right. the case anymore? Right. No. Yeah. I think, I, you know, I think as a coach, um, it's, it's really about guiding. It's really about setting. Of course, you got to set the standard. You got to set the rules of the group. That for sure. You got to set the culture, how we interact on a daily basis. What, what does it look like? What are the non-negotiables off the field? What are the non-negotiables on the field? Those things come from the coach. But as far as as far as winning and losing, dictating how you feel as a coach, I think gets you blurry. And unfortunately, in this in this in the pro game, it's all that matters, right? Because it's wins and losses. But I think the coaches that can see past that and say, I know we're gonna win and lose games, but if I can serve, if I can create this culture and I can make it about them, and I can I can facilitate their growth and I can facilitate their football and I can facilitate all these different things. Now they feel empowered and the likelihood is they're going to take it and run. And this is going to, and eventually it becomes their culture that they've created, that they've made the rules to, that they've structured, that they, these are their non-negotiables. These, you know, and that's when you have the team running, right? So you set the standard, you set the culture, you set the rules, non-negotiables. And when the players own it and and make it theirs, I, I think now then it becomes, of course, you got to still beat the team and you got, you got to have talent on the field. You got to do this. But I think just from a bare bones kind of, you know, a bird's eye view, um, that's really what, uh, what, what I think I've learned the most from, from the locker room perspective, for sure. No, I love that, man. Um, all right. We got a question. We got a 
questions that are coming in as well here uh, to you and I'll end up taking the whole time with just my own questions. So, uh, so let's see what we got here. So Joseph Jackson uh, sent in a question for Pablo. He said, how do you go about manifesting your goals and putting it out there? Uh, what you want to achieve? Do you write them down? Uh, I, I do write them down. Um, I, I think w one of the things that, uh, that, that I've, since I've, uh, so I got fired and I figured I had all this, I had all this dead time. And I was thinking, what am I going to do? I was like, I'm going to create this amazing morning routine. And a part of that is journaling. A part of that is meditating. Um, and, and so when we talk about goals, um, those are things that I, I write about. Um, but I don't write about them in like, um, a time frame. like in five years, I want to do this. I just get on the path. I just get on the path. So if I want to become a better coach, I can't do it from my couch. I can't do it. Um, you know, I can't do it thinking about it. I got to get on the path and walk it. And so a big thing for me was I spent two years at home and then I got a call from tab in Houston. I said, I'm going to Houston. And then this last off season, I got a call from Salt Lake and they're like, Hey, come out here. So now I'm in Salt Lake and my family's at home. My family's at home. My wife is uh, one of the strongest and most amazing women ever to, to, to stay with the kids. Cause now they're 16 to 14. Um, and, and, and I'm here and I'm saying, I'm on this path to become a better coach. It isn't what I thought it would be. Like, I didn't say I wanted to go to Houston. That wasn't my plan. My plan was meditate into it, write about what I want, write about how I see myself in the future. And then the universe just manifests these things. And, and, they, and, and I had like three other opportunities, four other opportunities in, in the two years span that I said no to. But when I was ready to get on the path, Houston came up. I didn't think twice. And my, and my wife was like, go, this is your calling. So I went to Houston. And then literally one year later, I get a call from Freddie in Salt Lake. And he's like, hey, we'd love to have you. And, uh, and so I was like, this is the universe again. So now I'm in Salt Lake. I'm closer to my family in Colorado. Um, so anyways, I, I think when you talk about goals, I think the most important thing is just to get on the path, um, believe in yourself. You know, and journaling helps me do that. Meditation clears my mind. Um, and, and like I said, I'm the eternal optimist. I go into work every day, think it's something great. I'm going to learn something great. Something great's going to happen to me. Um, and crazy enough, I learn something every day and something great always happens to me. So that's kind of my way. <laughs> I love that. Yo, shout out, shout out your wife. She is amazing. Uh, cause I remember when we would, um, you, you invited us to, to your place for like barbecue back, man, during during the season, when I, when I think about the culture of that, uh, of that team, like we would want to murder each other on the practice field every day, like stab, punch, kick, whatever. And the moment we stepped off that field, we were barbecuing and hanging out with family. And it was, it was, it was, um, it was normal, which is, right. Right? but when you're speaking about it, that's not normal. You know what I mean? And, um, I think as you go on your journey more, that's when you learn how abnormal it was when you're speaking to like that feeling you get. In right. Water. Right. Yeah. yeah. I just want shout out to your wife because we were crazy and <laughs> what she allowed, you know what I mean? What I thinking from like the coaching perspective and the bird's eye view, she has amazing amount of foresight, right? She sets that stage and allows that stage for you to be you and for us to, figure it out 
and that takes a lot of strength and and um yeah even sitting here now and thinking back to that like that's amazing and uh i i remember <laughs> uh i remember i remember you <laughs> figuring out how to be a dad at the time and having a daughter and like the stuff that was coming along with that and i'm just like yo like i always i i guess i always respected and appreciated your your open and honest nature. We talk about a lot here. The ethos here is radical transparency, right? That's a culture that we've used to it. That's just the ethos. When I'm going into any new organization um, in any capacity, uh, consulting or a, a member of the team or whatever, I'm implementing a, a process of radical transparency, right? Like who I am right now is not who I'm, I am going to be two weeks from now because uh, I'm here to learn and grow. I might realize two weeks from now I was a genius or I was the biggest idiot in the room, but either way, I'm gonna learn something. Right. And um, I've, uh, I, I've always appreciated that about you because um, I think it's very, I think it's extremely valuable and it, and it's something that, that requires a lot of confidence, right? Uh, self-belief as well as that kind of naive optimism, right? To be, sure. yeah, to think, to think crazy enough in your, to think and believe enough in yourself to think that you can actually do something that everyone thinks is impossible. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. That's it. Naive optimism. I, I, I like that. I like that. No, I think that's it. And I think, I think that's why a lot of like, that's why if you're in a profession that's in the limelight, everyone's in awe of that because everyone's played sports and, and even like, the kids today, it's it's hard to be that guy that everyone expects to do well every game. But there's a guy that's going to put himself out there and he's going to think he's he's a lot better than he is. And you know what? How many times does this guy turn out to be the guy that's actually better than he is? You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, I mean, because everyone else doesn't want to even put themselves there because it's dangerous. It, feel, it feels uncomfortable, you know, but somebody's got to do it. You know, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> Bro. A hundred percent, man. And then everyone's just doing this one, looking at each other. And then you're just like, hey, well, today's going to be a great day and something great's going to happen to me. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> Yo, what was that? Oh, I, guess, I guess that was my fault for stepping out there. So we go back and take some notes. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to guys in the locker room, like, hey man, you see when that cricket farts that way in the wind? <sighs> Pass the ball the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, bro, what uh, are you thinking about? You're like, listen, bro, I'm just here to help you, okay? So, like, <laughs> oh man, that's too much. <laughs> Hundred percent, bro. But I, yo, I love, I love it. I don't know. It's like, uh, you, you know what it was? Because I've, I've, you know, we, we, this off season, uh, we, we started a farm, right? Bought land and just was like, all right, bro. Like, let me reassess. What did I get wrong? Because I know I got a lot wrong, but I know I got some things right. So let's right. let's figure out what was right and what was wrong. And and. Uh, yeah, uh, what oh, man, just the realizations and stuff you come to and the, the understandings that you can then apply moving forward has been, I mean, 
ridiculous. But the, I think the one thing that kind of stood out to me um, and that you touched on is like the career is boom, 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 boom. But that becomes normal, right? right? So like I'm sitting here and I'm just going like, am I, am I, am I breaking it on purpose? Cause I'm, that's what I need. Am I like, what is, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is normal? Right. You know what I mean? And like, I'm, you're used to things being high and then low. And so then when it's not high or low now, it's like, okay, what am I doing something wrong? Am I crazy? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's just so many things. Right. <clears throat> and and, you, and you're just rebuilding. And I think the higher you go, obviously the farther you fall and who man, it's a far, far fall, but once you, but it, it, it basically just opens your third eye, man. And you're like, okay, okay. I know how not to end up there again, right? but I know why I ended up there. And I went there for the right reasons. So now, now it's like, okay, there, 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 there is no limitation anymore. There uh-huh. is nothing holding you back. Right. And right. you, you, you break through and that's, what's interesting. <clears throat> that was a, just an interesting process to be honest. Right. Cause it's just like a, when I think about it, it was more like condensed uh, like thousands of ter- terabytes of data download in a condensed 10 month period of just, you know, just beating you all the way down. Right to then finally hit base reality, see where you're at, see the lay of the land, and then know how to build again. Man, no, I, I share that with you just saying like, I, I appreciate you know the conversation. I appreciate you joining in on, on the call. And, and uh, I always appreciated, I always appreciated how you shared the message, regardless of like, uh, regardless of how it made you feel or what, like there's value in it. And that's why we talk, I'm tying that back to what I talk about on the show a lot here, right? Which is, you know, the MSL, the I'm in your head emojis is basically you're taking positive energy and negative energy is both energy and you can use it to build. And if people are focusing on you with negative energy, well, you should be thanking them and appreciative of them because they're giving you their energy. They're giving you their life. They're giving you their time and attention. And that's a finite resource that they might never you know what I mean? Like they might never, ever get back again. And they right. gave it to you. So use that to grow. Right? right. And, um, and I think, I feel like that's your mentality. That's your message. Right. And I feel like that's always been your mentality and message. And I've always, I've always been very um, inspired and very proud. Proud isn't the right word. It's more just like grateful. I think uh-huh. grateful for your approach, right? Because, because there, someone has to, someone has to be willing to go there. Someone has to be willing to start to do it. And usually they're the ones who get just crucified for, for it. Right. But, you know, what, what, you, what else are you going to do? 
while everyone else just live life or are you going to live life? That's it. You know, there's this one great quote is, uh, uh, be yourself. Everyone else is taken. And I think that is, I can't be anything other than me. You know, like I, I say some stuff that's probably, you know, comes off, it comes out of left field at times. And, um, but, but I think, but I think the, the great thing is, you know, we're all in the same boat here. Like we're all trying to figure everything out. And I think a lot of times we, I think my biggest gains in life have been like as, as a captain team, spending time with the younger guys, learning from them and, and having this learner's mindset um, and sharing experiences um, because at the end, it all comes to an end, right? Your career comes to an end and no one makes it out of this place alive. So we're here, we're here for a finite amount of time and I have no one comes out of here alive. So why not just share and, and look at all your failures as a, opportunities to learn and adventure. And, and I've been on this real kick of, of looking at my life as an adventurer. Um, and, and when I started doing that, I left the house, like, and my wife was like, go to Houston. And they came out every month. And I'm like, this is the craziest thing. Society would think we're nuts. Like we don't live together. I have two kids, 16 and 14 at the house. You're raising them. What do our neighbors think? You know, what is, what are all these? And I'm over here coaching in, in Houston. Now I'm coaching in Salt Lake. And I'm like, but I, once I gave myself the, the label of an adventurer, there's nothing that's crazy anymore, man. <laughs> Yo, so you jumped into the rebrand marketing game, bro. Hey, I'm in. Brand. Like if I wasn't doing this, like, would you trust me? Would you trust right. me as an adventurer if I like had a normal job and like I was at home with the kids? Come on. Let's I can't call myself an adventurer. <laughs> you might call yourself one, but I'm not fake over here. So like get out of here with that. I'm not jumping off cliffs every weekend. I'm living this craziness every single day and I'm FaceTime with my kid. And I'm there's times I'm going, what am I doing? But I'm like, no. You're an adventurer. Stay the course. Stay the course. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that. Like, um, that's making me think just with my wife, me and my wife. Yeah, we're adventurous. We, uh, we said, all right. <laughs> Basically, he's like, hey, all right. Like, I know what I did and why I did it, but I don't know if everyone's going to see it the same. So, all right. What, oh, so we're, we're getting an RV. All right. We're going to be dry camping and living on land and trying to like grow stuff in the, in the fields. Cattle. Okay, cool. Yeah. We're doing solar. Yeah. Let's wow. <laughs> driving up and down. All right. Yeah. I can cross train and do this with the kids. And like, when, when, when has any other group of people in history had the opportunity to be right. able to, Yes. Right. Like to your point, like, well, what have other people thinking? You know, they're going to think, man, I wish I was I wish. to try to do right. to, That's what they're thinking. Right. And to me, it's like, you can, you can, it's, you can, that's it. That's it. You can, uh, that's it. That's it. That's it. You can, we can, I can. I, I I think that's it. When you're talking about mindset, I can. 
it's all the, I don't know. You find every excuse why you can't or what you find all the hurdles in the way. And I think as human beings, we're so resilient. We are so resilient. Just like our kids are resilient. They fall, they smash themselves, they cry for a little bit, they get up and next thing you know, they're tearing apart a piece of paper on the floor and shredding the whole, like they just, I mean, we're, we're and, and I think we've just built so much, so many walls up growing up that we're, we, we don't say I can anymore. And I can, I, I can do it. I can do it. I can live away from my family for two years and, you know, I, and, and whatever it, you'll, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. You don't have to know all how it all unfolds. And that's, I think another thing with, we were talking earlier about, we were talking about, I think, I don't think before it was weird, but like there's this said plan of how we should live our lives, right? You spend your twenties, thirties, and forties accumulating wealth. You spend your fifties and sixties, like enjoying life and retiring on the beach. And I'm going, why can't it all just be like one amazing adventure? And you just go until your legs fall off. That's when you stop. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how I think about it. It just soccer, life, all of it. Hey, I don't I don't see why not. We can keep going, we can keep doing this. And you you figure out your niche, you know, and that's when um I guess when I, I, so I tie it, let's say I, I tie it back to like what I'm thinking and how I decide to make decisions 10 plus years ago, right? 12 years ago now. And you know, you're not right about everything. You write about a couple of things and that's the stuff that you build around, right? And you kind of build an identity around it, or you at least use that as justification when things go wrong. And so you can figure something out like because it can go so many different directions and so deep into the weeds of it, right? It's, it's like when a lot of, a lot of uh, individuals, and I'm seeing them here as well too, dropping their, I'm in their head emojis and uh, spamming the heart button and loving, loving your, your wisdom and your, your philosophy and your, uh, your outlook on it and outlook on, on life and the game. Like, uh, what I what I speak to you mainly with those who are wanting to try to get to some level of success, whatever, and what we talk about here, success as you define it for yourself, right? Success can be just being able to open your eyes in the morning, right? Um, you know, think or watch the game that you love, or it could be playing in a World Cup one day, right? It, there's so many degrees. It's relative to who you are and where you're at. Mm -hmm. What what I what I tend to share is say, look. It's better to, to be really good at something, be known for being good at something. Because there might be, you know, as long as there's one organization that values that one thing that you bring, it's better than being okay at something that 99 organizations might be uh, okay. You know, you want to be, you want to be a, a, um, almost like the linchpin in something where this coach's system, this coach's culture doesn't work without you being a part of it, right? Do you ascribe to that philosophy or are you more of a, a kind of be good at multiple things at a certain, obviously there's a certain level or standard that you need to meet, right? Mm -hmm. Seeing the questions coming in here in terms of like, do you specialize or do you go wider? And in a long-term view and where you sit now, what are you, what have, what did you value in the past? What do you value more now? 
how do you how do you weigh those decisions? Uh, I think I think that's really complex. Um, you know, uh, well, I, I mean, I can speak for myself as as a player. Um, I was a, a really good attacking player when I was younger, and I had a lot of good technical ability. So I was, and then taking that out a step, I only ever played soccer. I didn't ever play an organized sport, any other organized sport. So soccer was it, whatever. I played flag football and tackle football with my buddies and baseball and stuff like that, but it was never organized. Soccer was the only thing I committed to. So from that perspective, it was really specific. Um, and then when I was young, I was a really good attacking player. And then I got to the pros and then in college, I was kind of like an attacking midfielder. And then I got to the pros and the, I, I put myself in a lot of good situations to score goals, but the moments were too big for me. However, I had enough skill set to where I was adaptable and I was able to then play different positions. So now I'm playing like right back and I've never had any experience playing here, but I was willing to stay at that level. Right. So I'll, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I, I'm not confining myself to a certain I'm not typecasting myself as a certain type of player. I'm a soccer player. So in that perspective, I'm quite general. And I, then I, I ironically, um, when, when the, in 2002 for the world cup, the reason I was selected was because I could cover at right back. I can cover at the uh, central defender and I can cover at midfield. So being generalized in those different positions, afforded me the opportunity to be the last guy selected to that team and, and playing in a world cup. So it's a, I think it's a, it's a difficult question. Um, to, to, I mean, I definitely don't have the answer to it. Um, but that was, that was really interesting to where I was really specific as far as a sport, but within that sport, I had to become more generalized to survive because if I was really specific in that sport, I would have been out of the game. Okay. You're saying you don't have the answer. But I'm throwing that out there because your answer shows how you navigate that system of thought, right? That idea. And what's great about that, especially with the audience, because I see people here spamming the heart button and loving it and waving in as well too, is, okay, when you're starting out, you've got to specialize in something, right? But you can specialize in being a generalist. That's a specialty. But if you're not the expert at being the generalist, you're now not to the level. So it was amazing to, where you're saying like, hey, I could get in great positions, but I know myself. So I said three S's of self-awareness, self-honesty, self-initiative, self-accountability. You say, these moments are too big for me. I need to adjust. So you change roles and positions. And now, okay, survival is the game. Right? And yeah. now, how do I survive? Oh, there's no specialist at the generalist because everyone has decided that they can only be the striker or the, the attacking midfielder or whatever. And that is when you're now vulnerable to the generalist, right? Because right. you can now sit back, take your notes, get your research and see, ah, okay, I can be the best at this position as now a specialist, because nobody right. is developing here. Exactly in this right. Okay. Exactly right. And then once that's the case, when chaos eventually ensues, and what we talk about here, because the future is unpredictable, when the coach is scrambling 
because everything didn't go according to his perfect little plan in his notebook because it never does. Never does. When he goes and looks in those moments, he sees everyone looking away and that's you going, hey, here I am, bro. Right. <laughs> I never have left, bro. I've always been here. <laughs> and then he's going like, all right, shit. All right. <laughs> but that's where the work the unseen sacrifice, the willingness to travel across the country and spend two years away from the family. And because you know, you can Mm -hmm. pays off and you get to experience something that few people ever get to experience. So few people will ever understand one, why it's worth it and what it takes to, to not only get there, but to maintain the position once you're there. So Oh, no, I love that. I love that. And uh, that's awesome. Yeah, bro. I know the the hey, the follower. Everyone who's watching in right now, throwing the blown I'm in blown blown head emojis and stuff, man. Uh, let's uh, Emilio said this is the greatest conversation ever. <laughs> uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, yeah, brother. I want to be mindful of your time as well to you. So, uh, how uh maybe we've been going deep on the mentality stuff on, on, on that. How, it, how has preseason gone? So like the season starting up here soon. Right. And um, just, how are you feeling just individually yourself? Like good spirits, things are good. And yeah, no, it's uh, it's been great. So Freddie uh, Juarez, the head coach has, has done a really good job of um, creating this, this positive culture that we talked about. And we're working with a, a good sports psychology group. Um, that's, that's been helping that part of it. Um, and, and more importantly, like the players have, have owned their part by coming in early in training before the preseason. And so it's like a perfect storm of just new people coming in with positive mindset, uh, you know, new coaching staff, new assistant coaches for Freddie. Freddie's, you know, gained valuable experience from his last year and a half, um, and decides this is the way we want to go about it. The players have come in early um, and they want to go about it. And so we've had a great, great preseason. We've, uh, you know, we've played, I think, four games. We've, we've won three of them. We lost the last one against uh, LA uh, Galaxy, um, but had some really good moments in there. And then you always know, like, what's the mood going to be like after a loss? Is it going to be one of, like, a defeatist mindset? Is it was that all smoke and mirrors and, and we're done and we can't do it anymore? Or is it like, fellas, dust off. Like there's some things that we got to improve on, um, but let's move forward. And the attitude, you know, on the bus, on the way to the airport, uh, you know, you just felt like these guys knew we're still playing some really good stuff. We still believe in what we're doing. And uh, we just got, we just got roughed up in one game and, 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 and now we're moving forward. And I say roughed up, we lost one zero. We could have easily won. So I, I think for me, um, the feeling is just of, you know, again, I'm the eternal optimist here. I, I think we're going to go undefeated. I think we're, I, I, I'm gonna, I, I, it's crazy. I think we're going to go undefeated. And the first time we lose a game, I'm going to be so shocked. I'm going to look around like, what just happened? Uh, but, but, but again, I think the work during the week has been great, though. The, you know, and, 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 and for me, nothing more than sharing a little bit of, of my experience as a player um, with the next generation of players. Um, and hoping that uh, and love seeing them after games hug each other and grab each other. And, and, and the last thing I'll share is, uh, you know, in 2010, 
I, I got the trophy. I got to keep the trophy for like three or four days in my house. And I was like, <laughs> it was like five days, maybe five or six days afterwards. There was no more parade. There was no more phone calls from friends and family. There was no more television interviews. There's no more clippings in the newspaper. And I'm sitting in my, in my den and I'm looking at this cup and I, and I, and I realized this, this cup is, it's empty, right? It wasn't on the night we went out and celebrated, but on this particular day, it was empty. And I'm thinking, what, like, what a moment, like, because it's not, the cup is a representation and it's, and it's really filled with, can you hear me all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm listening. Um, uh, it's really filled with the blood, sweat, tears, effort, the ups and all the downs of that season. And it culminates into this hardware. Um, but that's what it's filled with. It's, it's the intangibles. Um, and that's what makes a team. And I think those kind of experiences and watching even just generic preseason games, but the feeling of sticking together as a group and working hard in this preseason, double days, triple days, and finding a way to like even get a result. And you're like, hey, and you see the guys hug each other and high five each other. And for me, that is like the greatest feeling as, as, as an assistant coach is to be these guys are getting it. The work is validating the results and their feeling of brotherhood, which if you don't enjoy those moments as, as, as a team in professional sports, the camaraderie, then, then it's hard to enjoy anything else in life. I, I agree, brother. No, I love this. I love the conversation. Um, we'll definitely have to do, you know, one again in the future, man, once, whenever you've got time and would like to do it. I think the last ones that I'm bringing here from any book recommendations that you've got in mind or would like to share. Yeah. Yeah. One, one book that I've actually shared, like, I don't know, 30 times in the last well, probably 40 times I've gifted. Um, it's called the surrender experiment. Uh, Michael Singer. Um, and, you know, there was that one question about goals and all this stuff. I mean, if you have time to read this book, it is, is it's an amazing read. It, it takes you on a journey. But more importantly, um, you start to see a lot of the things that he talks about in the, his story of life um, and how those moments have manifested in your own life, but just weren't aware of them. Um, and so it's called The Surrender Experiment. And it's a it's a tremendous read. Okay. I like that. Uh, we'll, we'll add that. The surrender experiment. Yes. Got it. All right, brother. Well, is, are you planning on making any, uh, any appearances on social media anytime soon? You setting up any accounts, you writing a book is, uh, you got an email list, you got a pen pal stuff, carrier pigeons, bro. Like how, how do, how do people keep up or they <laughs> just got your essence, bro? What is it? <laughs> I, I don't, Quincy, I don't, I don't have any of that. I, I, I don't have any of that. Um, man, I don't know. I just like these kind of conversations, man. It's, I know it's not face to face, but I think one day I'd like to share a lot more. I just, I don't know. I'm just kind of, I've always been a weirdo with social media and, and, and I don't know why, um, but I'd love to meet with people. I love to chat with people. Uh, I just don't, I don't, I don't have anything. I just got like a work email. That's all I got. <laughs> oh, good, man. Uh, you should, uh, you should. Uh, so Ben, Ben Olson was on episode 100, right? You should reach out and talk to him. I know he, he, he's started sharing his art. So he's got Ben Olson art that he yeah. shared and been doing that. I think he's very similar as well to you, which makes sense. Uh, 
Yeah. Well, whenever whenever that's the case, bro, doors always open here. You can come and, and uh, share it, share uh, Pablo's memoirs book, whenever that's being released on awesome. whatever website or whatever you're doing, bro. Awesome. No, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate taking the time. It's always great talking to you and catching up, man. And uh, we definitely shared some uh, some great years together, man. So look forward to uh, catching up soon, bud. Awesome, brother. All right, man. All right, man. I'll see you later. Take care, bud. Okay, take care, Quincy. All right. No, that was a great episode. I'm 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 glad uh, Pablo was able to to stop by and share. Uh, thanks everybody for joining in. We've got Joseph saying thank you guys. Of course, thank you very much, uh, Emilio. Thank you so much. Y'all are legends. Um, Aaron uh, Aaron said, "Love the conversation. This inspires me to go back to play soccer again. Love that. Uh, love that. Love that. All right, everybody." I think that was a that was a dope conversation. I was glad Pablo was able to make some time and join in. As always, uh, replays will be up on um, PerfectSoccerSkills.com. We're working on creating and bringing on some uh, just some dope dope stuff. Artists, ideas, videos, all that is coming 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 around. And uh, if you guys want to stay up to date on all of it, make sure you head over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com. Um, slash PSTM. Join the newsletter if you aren't already. And uh, I'll see everybody same time, same place next Thursday. I'm I'm feeling and thinking we're going to stick with the Zoom route. Uh, we'll keep going live on Instagram, but we'll uh, we'll do the face-to-face on Zoom. I, I like this. I like this format. It gives us a little bit more um, flexibility. And I can also make sure I'm getting out uh, reminders to you to you all for registering when you, when you, when you sign up and uh, yeah. All right. Uh, Thank you everybody for joining in and I'll see everybody next week. And as always, you know what it is. I am in your head later, everybody. Quincy Ameriqua here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you would like us to interview next, we'll get working on it right away. You can re-listen to this episode and all our other interviews, episodes, and audio shows over at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today. Thanks again, and see you guys in the next episode.